Come on, Journey Church. Woo! Man, I'm excited to be in the house. Come on, Journey. How are you guys doing today? I love it. I love it. Man, my name is Junior. For those who don't know me, I get to be one of the teaching pastors here at Journey Church and also get to be one of the pastors at Recovery Church where we help addicts and alcoholics find freedom from drugs and alcohol. Come on. Overdose is the number one cause of death for people under 50. It is serious what's going on out there. Man, could you guys help me actually welcome our Boynton campus? Come on, Boynton. One church, multiple locations, and to everybody tuned in online, man, we are so grateful that you joined us. And guys, I just want to let you know, last week, I got to hang out over at the Boynton campus. And while I was hanging out there, I was watching Pastor Scott teaching up here. And I got to tell you guys, first of all, how good was How to Lead Well? How good was that series? Come on, that was a great series. But I was watching him, and he was up here, and he didn't have no table. He didn't have no notebook. And I was like, man, Pastor Scott has really become an OG when it comes to teaching. I mean, like, I've known him for nine years. He used to shake. And, like, now he is just up here just bringing the word of God. So can you guys help me to honor our lead pastor and his wonderful wife? I thank him for his authenticity. I mean, last week he shared some really vulnerable things about how tough it is as a leader. And I just want to let you guys know, man, he has gone and he and his wife gone through so much to build and create this place that we all get to come to every single week. So, man, I'm just honored to have a leader like him in my life. And I'm honored that I get to be here with you guys today. But I have to warn you ahead of time, Journey. Um, I flew in from Atlanta last night at 2 a.m., and so I'm really loopy today. I'm going to need y'all's energy to get me going. I'm like, I'm going to need y'all because I'm, I'm, I might fall asleep uh, if, if y'all don't help me preach this message today. But I do want to say this because my wife is amazing. And honey, I just, I love, can you guys give a shout out to my wife, Mandy? Mandy, you are incredible. She helped me with this message. But beyond that, so we were in St. Louis. And while we we're in St. Louis, we were going to fly to Dallas to come back home. And as we were about to take this trip, Mandy's like, well, honey, we have to be at Journey on Sunday. I said, I know. She's like, but you got us flying into Dallas on Saturday, then Palm Beach. I said, I know. She's like, well, what if the flight gets delayed or something goes wrong? Then we can't be at Journey. Come on. I, I love that my wife loves church that much. Come on, you know, I'm, I'm, you're right, honey. So here's what we did. We changed the whole flight pattern. We literally rebooked the whole other flight to fly into Atlanta, to fly into Palm Beach. Because here's what we said. We're like, you know what? If for some strange reason we get stuck in Atlanta, we're going to rent a car and we're going to drive to Palm Beach because we got to be with our Journey family on Sunday morning. <laughs> True story. I'm telling you. And so we're sitting at the airport and flights get delayed. And uh, I was flying on Delta. And by the way, I just want to say I, lo I love Delta. Um, I'm not getting paid for this advertisement. <laughs> by Delta, for Delta. But, but I just want to say, I love, I think Delta is great. Uh, years ago, somebody told me that Delta stands for don't expect luggage to arrive. D-E-L-T-A. I just want to say my, my luggage arrived safely. Um, I don't even know why I brought that up. I, I only slept a few hours. Uh, I'm still somewhat tired. But either way, either way, I'm just glad that my wife and I drove and we made it back here. And, and lastly, so there was something that I felt like God was, was putting on my heart to share. And then I had decided not to share it. But then I was with Pastor Josh in the back, and he's like, dude, I would share that. So I'm just going to share it with y'all. Can I share something with y'all? I feel like 
I feel like we ain't hung out in a little bit, Journey, so, you know, I just, like, this is family talking right now, you know, I'm not preaching no message, I'm not a preacher, I'm a family man, I love this, so, so, a, a friend of ours from Journey Church, who's also a part of Recovery Church, and I talked to him uh, before I brought this up, um, he did something in his past that came up in his future. Anybody ever do something in their past that reared up in the future? So, so years ago, or, or a while ago, at least a year ago, he, he did something. <laughs> I'm like, what was the timeline? He, he did something, right, that got him in some trouble, and he had a court date that was about nine months or so out. And, and so here he is, and he was doing great at Journey. He serves on our team over there. I'm not going to mention his name. And he's doing great at Recovery Church. He, he was doing awesome. And, and so he's like, hey, Junior, I have this court date, and I may be facing jail time. And, um, and it breaks my heart, especially when you see somebody that surrendered to God, and they're finally doing good. And, and then you're just like, man, I just pray that, that they don't end up going to jail. So, so we prayed for him. Guys, because everybody, if you're here, you know there's power in prayer, right? So we prayed. I even went to court with him. And I went there and I told the judge, man, I have seen this man change. And it was going really good at first. And then it started to not go so good. And as soon as you see the police officers walk into the courtroom, you already know what time it is. Some of y'all that's shaking your hand, yes, have been there before. Don't worry, I'm not going to point you out. I feel you. Um, but here we are, and they gave him jail time, and then he has probation. And I remember leaving that place with him and saying, man, I just, man, God has a purpose, right? I mean, like, what, what do you say in those situations? And I'm pretty sure he was like, well, Junior, that's easy for you to say. You ain't the one going to jail. It's easy for you to say God has a purpose. You ain't getting locked up, right? But his attorney fought for him and said, give him a couple days to get his stuff together before he goes in. And so he did. And guys, he turned himself in. And I remember praying and just feeling really bad, saying, God, I just, man, I just pray that, that God, you would use him. Your word says that we can trust you even when we're going to jail, right? So we had prayed together and he's like, Junior, you're right, man. I'm just going to do the best that I can. And I'm going to just focus on God and I'm going to go in jail and I'm going to be a light. And I just want to report to you guys because I speak to him several times a week that because he was in jail, two people gave their lives to Jesus. Come on. Because he was in jail, one person started going to recovery church on Tuesday nights. Come on, finding healing from his addiction. And the third thing, because he went to jail, we now have planted a recovery church in Gun Club and Belle Glade. Come on, somebody. Come on, had he not gone to jail, we would have missed out on planting locations and some people would have missed out on eternity. What I'm trying to tell you is this, maybe some of you are walking through a situation right now and you have prayed for it to be different. Here's what I wanna tell you. Today we're gonna to talk about being fruitful and God's revealed to me that fruitful is being able to bear fruit wherever he plants you. Come on somebody, being fruitful is being able to bear fruit wherever he plants you. For all of you in here, and I know there's probably many that are facing jail time sometime soon, just be encouraged. God's going to use you in that prison. Um, but other good news, he's getting out in two weeks. So hallelujah, praise the Lord. God has been moving in his life. But today we're going to talk about being fruitful. And I want to ask you a question, Journey. What does it look like to be fruitful? What does it mean to you? 
right? Because this morning when I prayed and I asked God, what does it look like to be fruitful? He gave me a revelation. And revelation is just him revealing something to you in a text that you've seen or revealing something to you in something that you haven't seen yet, right? So here's what God revealed to me when I said, God, what does it look like to be fruitful? Because here's the thing. I've always thought that being fruitful was, hey, man, I'm making disciples. I'm serving the Lord. I'm doing great. And you guys can look at me and say, look at all of Junior's disciples. He's fruitful, right? God says, no, 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 no. I didn't say to do I said to be. He said, being fruitful is being filled with my spirit. Being fruitful is having the fruits of the spirit in you. And when you have the fruits of the spirit in you, the byproduct of that is that you make disciples and you look fruitful on the outside. Amen. So God is saying, no, no, no. I want you to be fruitful. What that means is this. I want you to have more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Come on, anybody in here can use a little bit more joy today? Come on, anybody in here could use a little bit more peace today? So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at how do we become fruitful. And God is very clear in it in John 15. So we're going to read John 15 together. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to it. Uh, Your smartphones, you can turn to it. Um, Or you can look at the screen and it'll be right there. So we're going to read John 15, verses 1 through 6. And it says this, I am the grapevine, and my father is the gardener. This is Jesus speaking. He says, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. See, you've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. See, another version says, you have already been pruned and purified by the word I have given you. See, the word purifies us. He's like, if you remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. He says, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. So let me ask you a question during church. How do you produce fruit? By remaining in him, right? How do you produce fruit? Journey, how do we produce fruit? Journey, how do we produce fruit? Fantastic. So the title of my message today is Stick With Me. Come on, somebody. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, stick with me. Come on, we need to stick to Jesus. Turn to your other neighbor and tell him, you're stuck with me. Come on, somebody. Listen, Jesus said, you need to stick with me. If you want to be successful, I am the grapevine. You need to stick with me, right? Come on, I found this out back earlier today. I got my stick. Somebody thought I was, I think they might have called security on me. They saw me in the back like, there is a brother in the bushes breaking off stuff from the trees. Then somebody else in security said, that's just Pastor Junior. Do not arrest him yet. He still has to preach. (laughs) I'm sorry. Stick with him. We need to stick with him. But but the second thing is, Jesus actually says, when they said, hey, what's the most important commandment, right? Says, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, right? You got to love the Lord. But then what does he say? You got to love your neighbor 
as yourself. So first thing we need to do is we need to stick with him. The second thing we need to do is we need to stick together. Come on, we need to stick together. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, I need to stick with you. To some of y'all, that was awkward. The people that are really family in here are like, I love you. The others ones, I, I, mm. <laughs> I need to. But, but isn't that what Jesus tells us to do? He, he says, you need to stick with me, right? Come on, he says, we need to stick together. And some of us, if we're honest, man, we just need to stick with it. Come on, some of us just need to stick. You are right there at the brink of breakthrough. And you quit before the miracle. Come on, some of us have started the Bible in a year plan 13 times. And you're still in Genesis. It's time to make an exodus out of Genesis, right? Because come on, all you know is in the beginning. There was a beginning, a middle, and an end. It doesn't just stop there. What I'm saying is we just need to stick with it, right? Come on, some of us with our diets. You done started seven diets in the past six months. You know who I'm talking to. Come on, you was a vegan, a vegetarian, you did keto, a pescatarian. I thought it was a religion. Apparently, it's a diet. Pescatarian, all of those, you do all of them, right? And so somebody came up to me and they said, Junior, you know what diet works? I said, which one? He said, the one that you stick to. I said, praise the Lord. Sometimes you just need to stick with it, right? Come on, I was talking to somebody the other day. And I told him I was doing keto, right? And he's like, oh, that's awesome. He's like, how do you like it? I'm like, I mean, I think it's good. I'm like keto-ish, you know? <laughs> and he looked at me all crazy. And I'm like, why, why are you looking at me crazy? He's like, well, I mean, listen, I do keto. And, and when you're doing keto, you eat fats and not carbs. He's like, so, so really, there's no keto-ish. You're either keto or you're not. Because when you eat carbs, it defeats the whole purpose. To which I told him, Get away from me with your religion of keto. I cannot have a diet where there is no grace. It's awful. I did keto for six weeks and I eat one piece of cake and it's all ruined. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever done keto, most people that have done keto in this room, you might have had a slice of pizza, then you had one or two or three more, right? And then all of a sudden you bloat back up, right? I did good for six weeks. One mistake. That led to another mistake, that led to another mistake. We ain't gonna talk about that. But then all of a sudden, I lose. Listen, I need a diet with more grace, is all I'm trying to say. I need a diet where if I have a piece of cake, it's gonna be okay because I was doing good the rest of the time. But all I'm saying is this sometimes we just need to stick with it. See, Jesus says, Abide in me. Abide in me. Because what God is trying to tell us is this He's like, whatever you abide in, Whatever you stick to, you will produce its fruit. Come on, whatever it is that you're sticking to, you will produce its fruit. So today I want to look at some things that we're stuck to that may be producing the wrong fruit in our lives. And the first thing I want to talk about is some of us are stuck in a season. Come on, somebody did something to you in the past and you just will not let it go. And God has asked you to forgive and every time you think about that person or what they did, you get angry, whether it's a friend at school or a colleague. Some of us are stuck in a season. And see, I have this author, his name is Jim Rohn. He said, here's the thing, seasons are consistent, aren't they? Come on, guys, after spring, what comes? 
Summer, it's not a trick question. Some of y'all are like, I think you're trying to get us. It's, no, no, this is, this is real, okay? After spring, what comes? After summer, what comes? What always comes after a fall? Mm, mm, mm. I love how he said that. What comes after a fall? See, when we fall sometimes, we have a little bit of, of winter. Sometimes we may have some consequences. Sometimes when we fall, it may feel cold for a season. Sometimes when we make a mistake, things like my friend, right? He, he fell and now he's in, he's in jail, right? So, so he's in winter right now. It's cold. He doesn't like cold. And you know how I know he doesn't like cold? He moved to Florida. Come on, that was a given. Okay, but let me ask y'all a question. What comes after winter? And what comes after spring? Come on, and what I realized was this. God was saying, here's the thing. Some of y'all, God has physically placed you in the summer where you should be enjoying life, but you're still emotionally stuck in the winter because you won't let go of what he told you to let go of. Come on, so the reason why you feel so cold, God says, I didn't mean for you to get stuck in a wilderness for 40 years. I didn't mean for you to still be frustrated today when you think of that person. What I want you to do is this. I have placed you in summer, but you're still holding on to the winter. And that's why you're so cold. And see, the fruit of being stuck in a season is bitterness, frustration, and anger. So if you find yourself bitter, frustrated, and angry, the question you should ask yourself is, hey, am I stuck in a season in something that happened in the past that I'm not letting go of? The next thing is some of us are stuck in a shadow. Come on, you, you are looking up to somebody, whether it's a brother, a family member, a coworker, some of us, it's social media, right? And because you're stuck in their shadow, God is doing incredible things in your life, but you can't see it because you're so focused on their fruit that you can't see the fruit in your own life. Come on, have you ever been stuck in a shadow where God is saying, no, 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 your life is perfect. No, your five kids are not crazy. They're just children. That's how they act, right? The stuff you see on Facebook is not real sometimes. That was the shot that they fought five hours to take, Right? But for some reason, I feel inadequate, which is the fruit, by the way, of living in a shadow is inadequacy. I, I feel inadequate, like I'm not enough because I'm so focused on the fruit in someone else's life. And God said, the reason why you're always doing so much, Junior, the reason why you feel like it's never enough is because you feel like you're not enough. And because you feel like you're not enough, and you're living under a shadow, you can't enjoy what I'm actually doing in your life. And I just want to pray for the person here today that maybe you're stuck in a shadow. God is telling you, hey, I'm proud of you, not your brother. Well, he's proud of your brother too. I'm, I'm not saying he's not proud of your brother. I'm saying like, just, he's not just proud of your brother. He's proud of you too, is what I'm trying to say, right? I had to fix that. Somebody would have been like, he ain't proud of you. Justin Jr. told me today. God is not proud of you. He only is proud of me. That's another stuck, but, but I, I, I really need somebody to get this today because somebody in here feels like they're not enough. Somebody in here feels like they're not good enough. Somebody in here has been striving and just feeling inadequate because they're stuck in a shadow. You can answer that. <laughs> 
Come on, I told you I got a few hours of sleep. Y'all got to know I'm going to have fun if I'm up here. That's the only way I stay awake. Okay, <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. We ain't going to be stuck in a shadow no more. Why? Because here's the thing. If we stay stuck in a shadow, all you're going to feel is inadequacy. The next one I love, some of us are stuck in a cycle. Come on, some of us are stuck doing the same thing over and over expecting different... Why y'all smiling? What happened? What? Cycle. Don't act like... Listen, I'm French. English is my second language. Stuck in a cycle, right? That ain't right? Oh, y'all had to change it on me, huh? Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Here's the thing. Some of y'all are so stuck on spelling that you will miss the right message because it was delivered the wrong way. Come on, I'm going to give you that. Some of us, right? Woo! I got to preach that one. Some of us are so stuck on spelling and politics that we will miss the right message because it was said the wrong way. Come on, God has been trying to speak to you, but because the person is delivering the message you don't agree with, their political views, you're missing out on the message. Guess what? That actually reminds me of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Because here they are, and they were so stuck in a cycle and so focused on religion that the God of the universe is standing next to them, and they missed who he was because they were stuck on religion, and they didn't expect it to come that way. Come on. Don't get stuck in the spelling. But now I know it's spelled with a C. We can carry on. (laughs) Last one. Some of us are just flat out stuck in sin. Come on. We like sin feels good. I like sin. I don't know. I know it's not good, but I like how it feels. And we are just stuck in sin. And I want you to see what the Bible actually says about being stuck in sin. The Bible actually says this. It says that the fruit of it is found in Galatians 5, 19 through 23. Let's read this together. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Come on. I could just imagine God saying, he didn't say the results are clear. He's like, the results are very clear. Come on, turn to your neighbor, tell him the results are very clear. The results are very clear, right? He says, sexual immorality impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. That is the fruit of living in sin. So here's what I want to tell you, Journey Church. If you are stuck to anything outside of Jesus, you need to sever the relationship. Come on, if you are stuck and abiding in anything outside of Jesus, you need to sever the relationship. Come on, you need to turn to your neighbor and tell him, you need to cut it. Tell him. Just like that. Oh, I'll wait. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you need to cut it. Come on, you need to encourage them to cut it. You need to cut off whatever's not leading them to Jesus. My goodness. We need each other in here. Remember, stick together, right? You need to cut. Whatever you're sticking to that's not Jesus, guys. Guys, you you need to cut it, but it all starts with surrender. See, if you want to produce good fruit in your life, 
Here's what you need to do. You need to stick to the Savior. Come on, if you want good fruit in your life, you need to stick to the Savior. Because the fruit that you bear from that is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Come on, some of us just need to stick to the Savior. Second thing is some of us just need to stick to Scripture. Come on, we, we need to stick to the Scripture, right? By the way, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've been using all S words. That's probably why cycle was spelled wrong. Some pastors really want to make things rhyme. But you need to stick to the Savior, and some of us need to stick to Scripture. See, I heard a pastor once said, and I love this. He said, dusty Bibles lead to dirty lives. Come on, somebody. Dusty Bibles lead to dirty lives, right? Come on, you need to stick to Scripture. Because the Scripture that we read, he says, you have been purified by the message. And like I said, another version says, you have been purified by the word that I have spoken to you. God's word purifies you. Amen? We need to stick to the scripture. And lastly, we need to stick to surrender. Come on, surrender is a daily thing. You don't just surrender one time, right? How many times have we surrendered our will and taken it back? God, I surrender. Come come on, especially when we lose everything. God, I give it all up to you. He's like, you ain't got nothing. I know I ain't got nothing. But if I had something, I'd give it all to you. And then you start to gain a little bit back, and you're like, all right, God, I got this on my own now. I'm straight. I'm straight. I'm straight. I'm straight. Right? Am I talking to the right crowd? (laughs) Because that's what tends to happen sometimes in my life. God says, no, no, no. You need to stick with surrender. That's why he says, remain in me. He doesn't say, just come to me. He says, remain. Remain means you have come to me, and you keep coming back. Remain in me is what Jesus says. And and see, if you do that, you will produce much fruit. See, guys, stop putting so much pressure on yourself to be so good and to do so good. Jesus says, if you would just abide in me, if, if you would just stick with me, then naturally, you will produce this kind of fruit in your life. See, some of us are frustrated because our lives don't look the way we thought it would. Our families don't look the way we thought it would. Our church, our ministry doesn't look the way that we expected it to look. But can I tell you, God already knew that person was going to walk out on you. It wasn't a surprise to him. God already knew he was going to place you in that crazy family. Right? Either because he wanted you to change it or he just felt like you fit in. Either way, it was intentional. But God already knew. See, God already knew that they were going to fire you from that job. Stop trying to change the situation. Sometimes we can get so frustrated trying to change situations. And last season, what God told me was this. He's like, Junior, Sometimes you're not called to change the situation. Sometimes the situation was called to change you. Sometimes you're not called to change the wilderness. 
the wilderness was called to change you, all right? Sometimes you're not called to change your ministry, your team. God says, I know your employees. I know your teammates. I know that they're annoying you and you've been praying for them to change. But guess what? If I haven't changed them yet, it's because I'm not calling them to change. I'm calling you to change. Sometimes you're not called to change your kids. Your kids was called to change you. God says you keep yelling at them, but they kids, they supposed to yell. You just need to be more patient as I am patient with you. Come on. Sometimes you're not called to change your kids. They were called to teach you what grace looks like, to show you what mercy looks like. Come on. Have you ever gotten so frustrated at your kids? And then God just reminds you in that moment, say, you do this every day. <laughs> Imagine how many times I have forgiven you. And you're just like, I'm sorry, Lord. Do I need to go apologize to him now? Or can I take a 10-minute breather before I go so I can make sure I handle it right? What have you been praying to change in your life? What have you been asking God to change that maybe he hasn't changed yet? I pray that you would go back and say, God, maybe I'm not called to change this. Maybe these employees are supposed to make me better. Maybe these people that I'm around are supposed to teach me how to show grace. Maybe this situation or this marriage that I'm in or this relationship that I'm in that, that God, I've been trying to change. Maybe I'm the one that's causing friction, Lord. Maybe I'm the one that you're calling to change. See, what I realized was in this last season, and what I love about journey is we can always be honest, can't we? Like sometimes we look at pastors and we look at people and we expect lives to be perfect. That's why I love Pastor Scott last week coming out here telling you how the struggle is real. It don't matter who you are. Everybody in this room got something they wrestling with. And see, what happened last season is I got so busy that I couldn't spend as much time with God. And my excuse was, well, God, I'm doing your work, right? God, I, I, I know, but I'm always talking about you, right? He's like, well, you go out there and talk about your wife and see how good your relationship's going to be if you don't talk to her. Good point, Lord. <laughs> I'm not going to try that one. I don't think it's going to work out well. But what I realized was I got so busy that I felt disconnected from God. And it's even harder sometimes, right, when you have to come deliver a message and you're like, man, I don't feel. Have you ever felt disconnected from God? Have you ever just felt like maybe you've, you've drifted a little bit? And God kept reminding me, he's like, Junior, I said, remain in me. Because what happens is when I'm not remaining in him, I know it because so many things bug me. I was getting frustrated so much quicker than I used to. Sometimes with busyness and when we're moving so much, when people need something from us, it can seem more like a frustration. Why are you bugging me, right? I got so much going on. And God reminded me this remain in me. He's like, Junior, here's the thing. When you remain in me, I couldn't bring the whole tree, so I just bought part of it. <laughs> this is supposed to be connected to something. <laughs> but when you remain in me, you produce fruit. You have life when you remain in me. 
He's like, but here's what happens. When you get severed from the vine, when you get disconnected from spending time with me, when I am no longer the thing that you're always connected to, then son, you start to look like this. And somebody told me, because I picked this one up outside as well. They say, when you're disconnected, they're like, Junior, all that stuff right there, because I don't know nothing about plants. I'm not outdoorsy. That stuff's a bunch of bugs, man. You're going to need to wash your hands. <laughs> or wear gloves. I'll wash my hands after. But I wanted to show you this because what they told me was, this, this thing is all buggy. And I realized when things are disconnected from the vine, they get buggy. Let me ask you, Journey, what's bugging you? What's bugging you? Because see, God says when you're connected to me and you have the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, things don't bug you as much. You're going to have issues come your way, but you can be in a prison and make a difference because you're connected to me. And so what I did was a few weeks ago, I got back to it. I realized I, I became religious a little bit. And in my religious ways, I said, I need to read the Bible every day at this time to this time. And I realized that I've read the Bible so much that after a while, I was just going through the motion. I wasn't really getting anything from it. So I had created this whole plan and God says, see, Junior, even in your time with me, you try to take control. He said, here's what I want you to start doing. Get in my presence and say, Lord, what are we going to do today? Am I praying? Am I worshiping? Am I reading? What should I read? And I'm telling you, I told somebody else this the other day and a few people and they've done this and they're like, man, this changed my life. Somebody told me this years ago and I just got back to it. He said, Junior, here's the thing. How's your prayer life? I said, well, it's pretty good. I'm like, I mean, it feels redundant at times. Anybody sometimes feel like your prayers get redundant? I just, I felt like I'm just praying the same things over and over. And he's like, try this. Put some worship music on in the background, either on YouTube or Pandora, because it automatically chooses what's next. And what I want you to do is I want you to talk to God. And then when you're done speaking, listen to the words of the song and let the lyrics wash over you. I got to tell you guys, as it auto chose what was going to play next, God would speak to me exactly what I needed to hear. And what I realized was this, my prayer life went from five or 10 minutes redundant to an hour and a half, me saying, Lord, I don't even want to leave your presence right now because I just feel your presence and I know you're witnessing to me right now. Come on, you can be listening to any song. And I want to challenge you, Journey Church, this week, would you make it a point to stick to the Savior, to stick to Scripture, to stick to surrender, and just get in His presence, put on some worship music. And if the song Waymaker comes on, when you're speaking, God will remind you He's a Waymaker. And then He'll start speaking, even when you don't feel it, I'm working. And you'll be like, God, I just felt like you wasn't, but you are, right? Miracle worker, promise keeper. As you listen to those words, God will remind you, because he can say the word promise, and I think about one thing and you think about something else because the word promise means something different <clears throat> to you in this season. Can I challenge you, Journey Church? 
not asking you to be religious. I'm asking you to stick to the Savior because he changes it all. I'm asking you to stick to the Savior because I drifted a little bit. And even though I was on stages delivering the word of God, I felt empty. But I got back to sticking to the Savior, to sticking to the scriptures, and sticking to surrender. I got to tell you guys, I feel full. I'm going on four hours of sleep, and I feel full because the Lord is in me, and it's his strength, not mine. Amen? Come on, let me pray for you guys. I went over my time. God, I thank you so much for every person that's in this room. God, I pray right now in Jesus' mighty name that, God, we would stick to the Savior. God, you gave up everything for us. And God, I love how I heard a pastor the other day said, God only has one deal. All of him for all of you. And God, I just pray that we would give you all of us. God, I pray that this week, Lord, that the many people you have in this room, that God, they would listen to some worship music. And as they're listening, that they would ask you to speak. Because God, you spoke in the Bible and you're still speaking now. Sometimes we're just too busy and running too much to hear your voice. So Father God, I pray that this week, every person in this room would have a new encounter with you. They would get to know you in a deeper level and that you would speak to them whatever it is you want them to hear. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen.